celebrating success, learning from legends, and growing poppies. This is Tall Poppy Talk with Grace Lewis. Kia ora and welcome to Tall Poppy Talk. Lockie, first question, where and how are you today? I'm good, firstly. Um, I'm here in my classroom at Hamilton West School. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy seeing you after all these years. It must have been 2016. It's back in the Sowan Empire. <laughs> yeah, for those, for context, that's mm. maybe the greatest schoolhouse that there ever was, right? I agree. 100%. <laughs> it was good actually seeing Leo on your podcast mm-hmm. last week, I think. Yeah. Just another Sowan representative. So it's really good to see us taking on the world. Uh, who was a teacher for you, or maybe a handful of teachers, that inspired you or impacted you in the way you hope mm. to impact others? I think I've had a few amazing teachers in my time. Uh, early on, Michelle Patterson at Rookie Hair School, she was pretty amazing for me. Um, as a youngster, I had a pretty horrendous speech impediment. Um, sorry, speech. What's the word? Impediment? Impediment, yeah. that's the word, yeah. I can't even say the word. That's how bad my <laughs> speech impediment was. Um, so I had, like, zero confidence. I was actually editing some videos of me as a kid the other day for a project I'm working on, and just trying to listen to me talk was horrendous. But she had a huge impact on my life, um, and that's... Probably where my passion for history came as well. I remember every morning when I was probably six or seven, we'd do like a daily quiz, and it was all like a general knowledge. And I remember I used to always get this question right about Cleopatra. It's like some ancient Egypt question. And, yeah, that was probably the moment at school I was proudest of. Like, everyone was like, oh, Lockie knows everything about history because I knew this one question. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so that was where I started. And then at high school, I had a teacher, you'll know, uh, Mr. Hanson, John Hanson, and... Yeah, he just inspired me in every way. The way he talked about history, his love of it was just incredible, really. Just, he'd take us on field trips, and yeah, you could just tell how deeply he loved his subject. And I think for me, that's what I wanted to be as a teacher as well. I wanted someone that the kids knew cared about what they were teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, to be fair, he's probably the sole reason I became a teacher as well. I just wanted to be like him. At the time, I had no idea about New Zealand history. Like, I was always obsessed with history, but sort of on a broader scale, like, I was obsessed with the ancient Egyptians, the Romans. And for me, it was the first time I kind of looked at our history and thought, this is pretty cool, like, we have some amazing stuff here. And, yeah, no one had ever taught me about that, so... I'll step back for a second so listeners understand, like, what it is you do outside of teaching formally in a classroom. I guess I want to ask, like, one... What's your platform, what's your mission outside of this classroom in terms of New Zealand Aotearoa history and how did you get into it? And that's a broad question, so feel free to go down any tangents. Yeah, I'm really good at tangents. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I guess, again, I've always been passionate about history and I just felt as a teacher I needed to learn more. Mm. Like for me to teach in an accurate way for students, I need to learn more from people that know about it. And I thought, why don't I share that journey with people on Instagram? So I made this page called Aotearoa History, um, where I literally just go around talking to people, learning about history. And it's been incredible. I've talked to some amazing people. And I guess the whole sort of purpose of it was, as I said, just for me to learn more. Um, And then I thought, you know, why wouldn't other people want to learn with me? And that is why I wanted to speak with you, right? Because I think often, and the whole thing with, like, Tall poppy in general is like sometimes we keep our information to ourselves for fear of I don't know maybe different reasons we don't want to come across like we know it all or mm. uh, maybe we're scared of like oh, getting it wrong or something like that. When you're going in and learning things from people, do you ever feel like 
oh, I should know this? Or do you get a, like any hesitation or is it full curiosity? That's a really good question. I've found overall all the people I've engaged with have been really positive and they're really stuck that I'm on this journey. Yeah. Like I think they, they see I've got good intent and I just I want to learn the history and I want so I can teach in an accurate way. Um, but then online I think it's where you get more of the like what's this guy doing? Like is this guy even mouldy? Like, why is he talking about our history? Like, you, you feel a bit of that sort of sense, which makes me quite nervous at times. Like, there's lots of times I'll be like posting something, and I'll be like, "Oh, I hope this is okay," yeah. which is kind of a weird feeling because you know there's all these people that follow me, you know, that are kind of judging me, and I've, I guess there's that sort of feeling like people think I'm an expert, which is I guess my the title of my page is kind of misleading. Aotearoa history because it's it's about Aotearoa history, but for me it's more me on a journey to learn about Aotearoa history as opposed to me being the teacher of it. So, yeah, I'm just I'm trying to get my knowledge from the most reliable sources and then share what I'm learning. But, yeah, so that's... I know it's a weird sort of thing to get used to. Yeah, and on that, like, if it was called Lockie's Pursuit of Aotearoa History, then would that be different? Depends who I'm talking to, really. Like, some people are just really, like, kind and they're just really friendly about it and... Other people kind of approach me with a bit of, like, who's this person? Which is fair enough. Like, history is such an important thing. And I think, like, people are very protective, I guess, especially of old Tadal history, because for years it's been, mm. you know, there's been such a different narrative and they've kind of left out the mouldy side. And, like, you know, growing up I thought Captain Cook was this incredible saviour that came and, you know, conquered New Zealand and we all lived happily ever after and there's this treaty, which was a cool thing. Like, I think until I got older... I had no idea sort of the significance and what went down. So, uh, yeah, so like people definitely safeguard their history. And I think there's, I guess there's some good in that. But at the same time, it stops other people from learning. Um, and people are obviously very passionate. Like history is an important thing. But people also need to remember that, especially with like Aotearoa history, because the Māori culture didn't really have like a written history. Mm. Lots of it is very different depending on iwi. Like there's different views, different perspectives. It's all... So yes, it's a tricky one. Like there's, no matter who I've learned from, there's always going to be someone that challenges that opinion of what happened, which is cool. But it's also quite stressful at times, but it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> why is it cool, do you think? Because it's creating dialogue? I suppose so. And like for me, I don't want to be someone that just has one view of what happened and that's the only thing that could yeah. possibly be the truth. I think lots of people are really set in their ways and they won't take in any other information. This is that's recorded or they've heard, and that's what it has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I just want to learn as much as I can. You know, like these these different perspectives come from different places, different iwi's, and I guess with all history, there's probably a bit of a sprinkling of truth in all of them. I think it's important for me to understand as many perspectives as I can. You touched upon before, like sometimes, but if people are like, "Oh yeah, is he even mouldy?" This and that. That's. Do you find yourself getting frustrated? Like that doesn't matter, or when you hear some, I don't know, you wouldn't call it criticism, it's feedback, right, mm. in some capacity. And I think the more you grow your platform, you're going to get good feedback. And then you, that little kernel of, like, negativity, as that grows, which tends to be the loudest voices, mm. uh, it's almost an indicator that you are having really good conversations and that they're spreading wider and wider. I had a, a guest recently who said that, like, oh, if I'm getting negative comments, for them, they viewed it as, like, it's an indication that my message is spreading and those voices are louder than the ones maybe who are super positive, but I want to hone in on the positive ones for a second because if you could explain, like, this epic Moa necklace you have, yeah, 
that came from someone who's following your stuff? Like, when you get really positive feedback like that, how does it make you feel? Yeah. Well, firstly, I agree 100% with the negativity stuff. Like, those voices are by far the loudest. And I haven't got to a point yet where I'm very good at blocking those out. Yeah. So, like, they obviously, like, one negative comment, and there'll be, like, 20 good ones, and we're like, oh, they stink. But I've also been lucky that one of my biggest mentors in, like, creating is Leighton, or Uncle Tix, who I've known for quite a few years. And, like, if there's anyone that knows how to deal with hate, it's that man. Like, the stuff he goes through. And, like, he's been really positive for me in the way he's just like, well, why does it matter? Mm. Like, you're just, you're telling your truth. You're, you're doing what you think's best, and that's, that's all that matters. So I think that's been really good for me to take that on, like, you're not going to please everyone, which is tough because I like pleasing everyone. But those voices are the loudest. But then, as you said, like I've had, some, I've met some incredible people. I've got some incredible followers. Like one of my followers, who's a good friend of mine now, um, brought me this amazing more uh, tiki, which is still pretty baffling to me. Like to think that this was a bird running around like 1,500 years ago somewhere near Christchurch. I think it was dug up. But I can't actually comprehend that because I know what it is, but like the fact that. Yeah. That's- actually mow a bone and if you flip it around too you can see like how old yes that is and that someone carved that right like that speaks to the history not only of the bird and the bone but someone did that yeah yes it's awesome as well because i know the person that carved it really well yeah Uh, his name's alex sands he's from sands carving studios which is just down the road from here which is pretty cool he's been doing lots of stuff for jason momoa lately which is again like (laughs) mind-blowing he's showing me his collection for jason jason momoa in general there's a lot we have the all blacks we have a lot of like i think and taika waititi is huge one too that suddenly i mean i think people always paid attention to new zealand but the maori culture specifically has become uh, Mm. more pop culture we're in a pretty interesting place at the moment like the last few years we've done some incredible stuff especially in teaching I've got the new Aotearoa history curriculum at the core of it I just want to learn more about the history you know like I've kind of always seen my journey as that like if I'm if I'm learning like I'm completing my mission like I'm, I'm here to learn for myself like there's no possible way my page can fail as long as I'm learning like it's cool that I've got these followers coming in which is kind of weird that anyone wants to like watch what I'm doing mm. but for me like this. For me, the fundamental of my fundamentals of my page is just I want to learn. I want to learn so I'm the best version of myself, the best version for my students, and I can pass on that knowledge. If no one followed me, I'd be doing the same thing. Is there any, maybe like a conversation or a piece of history that you've learned that you're like, how did I not know this? Like, you need to tell people about it. That's a good question. I think one of the ones... Early on would have been a conversation I had with uh, Dr. Tom Raw, who's a professor at Waikato University. And he's from, I believe, I think Nati Apakura, which is a iwi in the South Waikato. He was talking to me about Rangiofia and the events that happened there just out of Te Aumutu. And essentially, so what happened in the New Zealand wars was there was a battle Rangiriri that we touched on earlier. So there's a big battle there. I think that's where the most casualties were. And then... After that, they retreated and they built a massive pa in Patarangi near uh, Pirongi. I think it was like something like 12 kilometres worth of trenches. Mm-hmm. So they had all their warriors here to take on the, the British troops. Um, and they got told to send their, their women and children and elderly to Rangiofia, which was this little settlement, an agricultural settlement where this, they made like wheat and flour and had like big gardens. And then... During the night, the British troops snuck around to Patarangi because they knew they wouldn't win there. 
and they went out to Rangi Ofea uh, on a Sunday, on a church day, and they just sort of brutally killed all these women and children. Like a massacre. Yeah, like a massacre. There was, they had no defence. Um, and he was telling me this corridor about, I think, a boy, Arama, who was like nine, ten years old, that just came out of his house and was just shot dead. There were some, some, some of them were, I think, hiding in a fuddy karakia, which I believe is like a church, mm-hmm. um, on a Sunday morning, and they wouldn't come out. And the troops set the, set the church on fire, and they were burnt to death. So I think that's something for me that I found incredibly powerful, especially because it's so close to here, you know, like I grew up around Tilmutu, like I was born there, mm-hmm. and to think I had no idea about this history. And just the, the pain, you know, and the way... Dr. Tom talks about it like you can feel the pain like just 160 years on like it still deeply hurts him and his people and I think that was for me a really moving thing. I can't believe we don't learn about it more really and again it's a real controversial subject with everything like there's heaps of different views about Rangiofia like I read a whole book about it the other guy wrote and he just believes everything all of the things I just said didn't happen so like there's all these different so I mean it's a hard thing like it's You've got to kind of pick and choose which bits you believe, but I, I'm definitely on Dr. Tom Rohr's side here. But I think some people try to justify what the English did, and, you know, it's, 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 a hard, it's a hard sort of thing. Like, for me, it's very straightforward, but for some people, it's not. Yeah, and is that because the way the history has been recorded? or <coughs> Is it... Like, how would you say, typically, Māori keep history? Is it orally, like, through kōreros, or writing things down? Do you think that's why there's, like conflict over what actually happened yeah like there's very it's very different here because obviously the Maori culture is an oral culture like they didn't the written language didn't really I don't think it came in at all until the British settlers arrived yeah. um, and back then they didn't really record anything like that it was all done through kōrero and stories that went from you know through their families um, but then at the same time the the British that were here at the time they had their written language, they had newspapers and stuff, but they were also trying to portray themselves in a certain light. Because everything they were writing, they were sending back to uh, Queen Victoria in England and trying to show them how great a job they were doing here, how you know New Zealand is this great place that they should all come and live and everyone's happy. So it's, <clears throat> it's quite a hard one as well, because like, if you read the, all the British documentation from the time, a lot of it's very positive about how the, the Māori people are savages, and, but that's just not the case at all. There's one corridor that I found really, really interesting. What also, because some listeners are from America or other places, yeah. corridor, what does that mean? So a corridor is like a, just like a chat, like a conversation or like a story kind of thing. So just, so if like a corridor passed down through the generations, it might be like a family story or just, yeah. Why do we have sometimes a lack of knowledge across mm-hmm. the board because I feel like there's niches people like yourself who are extremely curious and want to find out and that's the same with every topic right but as part of New Zealand Aotearoa's history do you think and especially as a teacher that that's something that should be embedded more in school? Yeah like it's, I guess it's a weird one in some ways I think a lot of it's just lack of awareness mm. like as I was saying like when we're going through school unless you took history you learn very little about our history here. And I don't really know why. I think as well, like, lots of people just find history boring. I definitely don't, but I think lots of people, they just don't want to know. They're just like, does, why does it matter to me? It's happened, it's in the past. But they, I guess, I don't know, I think there's also this sort of feeling. A lot of like Pakeha people in New Zealand, they don't want to know. They feel some sort of guilt. They feel like 
And which I think is silly as well. Like, I don't think there's anything to feel guilty for. We can't control what's happened in the past. The, f the only thing we can do is learn from it and make sure we don't make the same mistakes again. But I think that is a big factor. I think there's a lot of guilt. I think there's a lot of embarrassment. You know, these are things we can't control. They've happened. You know, the, we, all we can do is try to learn from them and be better versions of ourselves and try and make a Aotearoa where we're together, we're, you know, united. Would you say, like, that's your why? Often, like, if we're receiving feedback and some of it might be negative, like you touched upon, as long as you're learning, you feel like mm. it's worth it in those... Comments, they come and go, and of course you pay some attention to them, but in your heart, if you know you're pursuing things for the right reasons, you're not going out there to create a massive following. But if that mm. happens, that's a byproduct, which is great. But each conversation you have, each thing you're learning is probably satisfaction in itself. 100%. Is that fair? Yeah, like, I guess, as I said earlier, like, I'd be doing this regardless, but, and I've, like, I'm so stoked about this platform, like, having followers means that people are more likely to want to talk to me. Yeah. It's kind of how society works weirdly. Like, if they see you've got a following, they're like, oh, this person must be worth talking to, which is so, such a strange sort of thing. Like, I'm the same person as I was before I had any followers, but all of a sudden people might want to talk to me. But it's also amazing. Like, this, I've the opportunity to talk to people like uh, Tamiti, Brad Totawera, who's from Rangiriri, Nawai Itipopaki, which is King Kingi Tuhaitia's daughter. So, like, she, and, like, she's incredible. Like, she's... How'd that come she's, about? Um, yeah, I mean, how did that come about? I was interviewing Leighton Uncle Tix at um, MediaWorks for my page, and then I rang up my mate Brad on the way home, and he said, oh, do you mind if we stop in Rangiriri? I really want to show Leighton around to the park, because they've built a brand new park, which is, like... Uh, the mouldy trenches. They've made it like they've made it modern, so you can walk through and see what it, what it looks like. So he turned up and he did like a special viewing for us. They put on a lunch and everything for us. And yeah, she was she was there and gave us a tour, which was pretty incredible. And she, yeah, she's been so lovely. Like we've built a bit of a relationship there, and yeah, just such a down to earth human being, which is so cool. Things like that have been incredible, really. But this other thing I want to ask and there's no right or wrong answer for you, it's like, could you describe what tall poppy syndrome is and have you experienced it? Yeah. Definitely, like, for tall poppy, it's just... New Zealand definitely has this culture of if anyone succeeds, we need to chop them down at the base. Like, which is such a weird thing as well because we're also the first that want to see how people do well overseas. Yeah. But if they, make, if they make any mistake, there's any slip up, we want to, you know, want to put them back in their place. And it's a strange thing. Like, for me... I don't, I've, like, again, I don't have that many followers. Like, I'm on a very small scale. But there's definitely times where, again, it's this weird thing. Like, I'm verified on Instagram or whatever, so people think you're someone, like, you're important. So there'll be lots of times where people will send me, like, a, like a message and you just be like, what are you doing? And this sucks or whatever. And just, like, it's a really weird feeling as well because I'm just, like, I'm just trying to do my best. Like, <laughs> you get messages like that. Yeah, like, all the time. Like, there's... But again, I think it's because it's people are so precious about old adult history, yeah. and like there's there's like the two camps. There's one camp which is like the the staunch sort of Maori people that are just like, why is this guy talking about our history? Like, what's his intentions? And then there's the other side, which is pro probably the more like <laughs> racist side of New Zealand. That's also just like they just don't want to know about it. So it's a it's a weird thing to sort of balance. But I remember I talked. A little, I've talked a little bit and I've heard a bit from like a Neil Finn obviously in Crowded House. I remember asking the question something similar like that when I was I went to his recording studio for the release party of 
their last album. Yeah. And I think at the time, an article came out just talking about how Neil Finn like moves away from New Zealand, like he couldn't be here because, you know. And <clears throat> I think for people like that, it's incredibly tough, you know, because you are a really tall poppy in a, in a tiny place. <laughs> And like you can't go anywhere. Like if, if any everything you do at that scale is under the microscope. And people like people want to see you succeed, but they're also very quick to jump on you if you don't. Which is a it's a pretty weird thing. But like succeed to a certain level. Yeah. And, but to your point, like you get a verified tick on Instagram, and suddenly it's open season for people to mm. send you those messages. So one maybe like once you reached a certain following, or someone came across you, they felt like what like you'd opened yourself up to the criticism? Is that kind of... Yeah, it's, it's strange, eh? Like, the world is a weird place, though. You know? <laughs> it really is. Because I remember before I had this stupid little blue tick, I thought anyone that had the blue tick was someone. I was like, like this is this mental thing. Like, they, they're successful. They must be a somebody. Like, you know, they must be important. But it was the same when I was at school. I thought, when you become... Like, if you're a teacher, you must be this incredible person. And, like, you know, I'm now a teacher. Like, it just... That is an incredible person, though. Yeah, but like, you just... Like, definitely, all teachers I've worked with are incredible people, but they're also very normal people, and I think that's the thing that you don't realise. Like, yeah. I don't know. And on that, too, like, your many things, your identity at the moment probably online identifies a lot with, yeah, the, the handle Aotearoa History, but mm. your Lockie has many more elements to him. So part of that being teaching, like, do you witness... And even in your own classroom or school, just in general, like the tall poppiness with students with each other, is that similar to when you were in school? Do you think it's changed? Mm. Just as a, if we slip into your teacher role, what are your observations on it? I guess like as a student, when I was a student and as a teacher, normally the tall poppies at this age group are like the sort of the cool people. I know for for example like. When we went to high school, we had, like, Luke Jacobson there, who's obviously an all-black now. Yeah. Like, I think at their age group, you kind of just think of them, like, well, look at this, like, they're just really cool. Yeah. But I don't know where that switches, because it definitely does. Like, I don't... But then I guess... It all depends what it is, though. I think if it's fashionable and cool, it's completely different. But say you, like, you're really good at some, like, niche hobby, you know, then people will probably try to shut you down a bit more, like, you see a bit more of that. Yeah, do you reckon, like, I think hearing other people's experiences with school sometimes, I think we had a pretty good year level in terms yeah. of encouragement to other people. I think people. we had the greatest school on earth. <laughs> I really do. Like, I don't remember anything negative from our time at Cambridge High. Like, I just... People talk about their high school experiences like the worst times of their life. Like, for me, it was the best time of my life. Like, it really was. <laughs> I don't really remember. But, I mean, maybe I was just incredibly lucky. Maybe I just didn't see some stuff that was going on, which was... 100% the case, you know. Even talking to teachers who were there for us, say, like, you get year level sometimes where mm. there must just have been, and part of being in a smallish town as well, like, you grow up with those same people. So if you, and that's the whole thing with Tall Poppy, right, if you are, lack of a better word, in a field where everyone is encouraging each other um, and everyone's growing together and you're learning and it's a positive environment, mm. I think by the time we got to year 13, you could really see that, like, the history class is all bonded and I have nothing to do with history, but I'm like, power to you, that seems cool. Yeah. Like, I, I think people felt comfortable in their own lanes and they weren't threatened by yeah. what other people are doing. So I think that shows the power of if you have a good support system 100%. around you. But that's a large scale and 
you must have it like what age group do you teach i teach year eight so 12 and 13 year olds that's quite a pivotal time in a child's life (laughs) right it's pretty crazy really but it's also the the greatest blessing of my life you know getting to work with these students i've taught this age group for think three years now i guess try to give these students opportunities to do cool things and follow their dreams and find that passion you know that's why i do it i could be a boring teacher and just do you know the bare minimum and just you know but for me it's it's more than that like i want to be for these students like mr hansen was for me like i want to find something they're really passionate about you know like i tell them all the time like <laughs> you're too young to want to do a boring job like this is your time to throw everything at your dream you know like you don't want to you don't get to a point where you finish high school and you, you know, kind of think, oh, what if, like, just all of a sudden you've got to jump into a job? Like, this 12, 13 is the most incredible time to do that. 12 and 13-year-olds, you're that person to them that is <coughs> going to grow them. Like, with that tool, Poppy, it takes and maybe one key moment or message. Mr. Hansen's clearly very impactful for you. I've had mm. coaches, this one, uh, my coach, Norm, who just was this perfect balance of wanting to push me but he also, I could tell that he knew I, I wanted it and I wanted to go after it. I never felt like he was doubting my work ethic and what I was yeah. giving into it. So you have someone who backs you like that really shows the impact it can make. And that was when I was like 17. So if you're dealing with 12 and 13-year-olds, like you're going to fuel them. Has there been any times where you, you've like finished an interaction with the student and you're like, I feel like I motivated them or I supported them? There's been some pretty cool times. They're obviously, like the big projects I've done stand out most, mm. but you know, there's, there's like, things on a smaller scale. But I guess like, last year when we, we did a um, song with Liam Finn from Crowder House with the students, and they spent probably like six months teaching themselves how to play the song, they were slaving away. And then, you know, we, we did it live with him, he like chatted with them for probably an hour afterwards, and just seeing afterwards, yeah, seeing how happy they were, and just like, they're like, we've talked to an actual recording artist. And I think the day after, he played in front of like 60,000 at Glastonbury. And we watched it in class, and we were like, how cool is this? And so those sorts of moments, like this year, we have a band again, and we did a pro- project with Jason Kerrison from Upshot. And two, two of the singers in the band had never sung before. And like, I was just like, oh, like, anyone here want to like, you know, try singing for the band? And they kind of bit shy, like, give it a crack. And then for the first time, they... They put their hand out, they're kind of like semi-shy people. And then to see how much joy, you know, they got from it, to be able to... I mean, one, play off one of New Zealand's greatest ever recording artists. And then two, just think, like, how good is that? We've done this, we took on this new challenge. Like, the girl that drummed in that, in that song learned to play the drums for that song. <laughs> like we, set a, we set a drum kit up in class, and she'd just be slaving away, just with headphones on, learning how to play the drums so she could be part of this project. So I think, for me, it's those moments where students challenge themselves to do something they didn't think was possible. Like, you know, there's the people that, you know, they might like singing in the car, but they never thought they were a singer. And now they're, you know, playing songs with some of our greatest musicians. But that's, like, a, obviously quite a big scale. But then there's just little things every day, like just seeing the joy someone might get out of, you know, working out some problem in maths. Like, they suddenly, you know, we're doing, we're doing boxing whiskey grass at the moment. And like just, they just nail it, you know. They 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 nail the interquartile range or something, some small thing. They just like their fist pumping, and you're like, you did it! Like how good! Like those moments are also like equally powerful. It's just, mm. it's such a cool job for that though, because you've got those moments happening all the time. You know, I've got thirty something kids in here every single day, 
And, you know, all the time there's someone that's just achieved something new for them. And, you know, whatever sort of level that is, it's, you know, still really significant for them and it's cool to be part of that journey. And I can feel your enthusiasm too, which is so cool, <laughs> like, as you speak about it. And what are your kids teach you? Like, what do your students teach you that then you go on and take, not just for... Oh, we've talked a lot at the beginning about, like, Aotearoa history, mm. the Instagram, but, like, what do your students teach you that then you go on and take into everyday life and interactions? I always thought teaching would keep me young. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought, like, you know, like, teaching you with, you know, the youth all the time, like, they must keep you young. If anything, they've aged me <laughs> horrendously. You know, like, it's incredible how quickly you feel uncool. <laughs> Like, they'll be just, like, using this slang and stuff. I've got no idea what any of it means. Like, you know, like, feel so disconnected. I mean, I learn lots of cool slang from them. But also, it's just cool, like, they, they make me enthusiastic about the things I'm doing. Like, you see them passionate about what they're doing, and you're like, you know, that's the level I need to find. Like, I, I want to be excited about this. Mm. And it's a great privilege having, like, this Aotearoa history page. It's just a passion project. Like, it's not work. I, I, if I don't post for a couple of weeks, it doesn't matter. Like, it's... You're not driven by anyone else other than your pure interest to do it. And I think you being surrounded by youth who are just in such an exploratory phase. But mm. arguably, like, that should go on forever. I don't understand why a lot of people, my, I mean, myself included, you get to a point where you think, like, oh, in the high school, I should know what I want to do. Mm. At the end of high school, I was going to AUT. And now, then I ended up, like, in the <laughs> States. I have jumped all around. And at the time, you think, like, oh, I'm not committing to the thing I thought I was supposed to do do you mm. feel like when you set these year eights off and they're going to go join high school are they full of like that curious optimism or do you think that already we start trying to box ourselves in a hundred percent we try to box people in I think as well the way the schooling system is now everything's very structured everything's you know you teach two hours of maths you teach like, it's whatever like just block 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 this is what you do and there's very little room for creativity, which is something I try get out. <laughs> well, the fact that you have the record player yeah. in the band and stuff like that, and you are able to fit that in in the, the curriculum, you make time for it. Yeah, you know, you just you just adapt to the curriculum. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, there's there's so much learning you can get out of everyday life. You know, like for me, I've always believed that if the kids are having fun, they're learning. I could I could write notes on the board all day if I wanted to, and they could copy it down. But they're not learning anything. Like you, I know for myself, as someone that wasn't great at school, my learning comes from when I'm engaged and when I'm having fun. And there's those little moments. Like, I don't know, I think, I think as teachers in the schooling system, we're so confined to this sort of narrow lane. And like, this is how school should be, and this is how we find success. Like, you go to school, you go to university, you get a job. But I, I just don't think that's the, the way of the world in 2023. There's jobs that you know, never existed 30 years ago, now, like, mainstream jobs, like, there's, and, but the schooling hasn't, schooling, the schooling system hasn't changed. The thing, like, what it's going to be like in 10 years, you know, 20 years. When you are creating content, in terms of success, high performance, how would you define, like, success, one, in the classroom, and then success for you and the um, Aotearoa History platform? Hmm. Good question. Um... So first part, I guess, from for my Aotearoa history page, success is a hard thing to, sort of a hard thing to, like, work out what is success. Like, you could do it purely on numbers, like, this post has this many likes, but that doesn't feel like success. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, one of my main goals for the page for me was to try and make history more engaging and relevant to, young, to a younger audience. 
because history can be a very boring thing. Yeah. Like most of the stuff you have is like documentaries from the 90s and whatever, like, or all these books. So for me, I don't know. I think success is small things. Like I might get a message like, you know, oh, that was so cool. I never knew about this. Or like I had someone message me this morning and they just said, love your page, been following for a while and like you've inspired me to learn more about my family history. And like those little things, like for me that success, it's just... Not necessarily anything I've done, but for them to be able to be like, oh, this guy can learn about history, why can't I? Like, it's, yeah, success is just helping other people learn. And it's the same in the classroom as well. Again, like, you could define success by their PAT scores or whatever, just Mm -hmm. their testing scores. But that's not, for me, really success, especially at this age. I think students, like, the kids I work with are so young. Like, if if you determine my success on how I was going at this age... I'd be an absolute failure. I failed, like, every single test. I've, I failed year 9 and 10, essentially. I had, like, 33% of my graduation report or whatever it was. Like, I've, throughout most of my schooling, I was never successful. And so success is quite a hard thing to define for me. But for me, for me as a teacher, I feel successful. If my students are turning up every day excited for school, they're happy to be here. If they're happy and they're wanting to learn... I don't care if you're not the smartest person or you haven't made the most progress, but if you're here with a smile every day, that is success for me. It's creating that sort of environment where they're just pumped to come to school because lots of the students I work with might not have the best home life. Yeah. You know, they, they come from backgrounds and things that I've never had to deal with in my life and I couldn't begin to understand. But all I can do is be the most consistent person I can be as a, as a teacher, as a carcore, and just make this somewhere where they want to be. And for me, that's success. Firstly, love it. <laughs> Secondly, do you get um, like a bit of imposter syndrome sometimes when you're, yeah, to your point, like trying to help students and you don't feel like you're knowledgeable or maybe have all the skills to mm. help with something that's going on at home or this and that? Like, do you feel like that's when you outreach and you want to learn from others even more to be able to help them? Because like, yeah. personally, I don't have the responsibility you have of. 30 plus students and looking after their welfare and their education does that responsibility get a bit much sometimes yeah 100% like there's sometimes you just feel the weight of the world on your shoulders you know what I mean like just because especially as a teacher for a lot of the time there's nothing you can do you know what I mean like there's you might know there's something going on or whatever there might be something at home there might be some issues but you don't have any authority to do anything. You can't do anything to help. Yeah. And for me, that can be heartbreaking. You know, you might know that someone's going back to a pretty rough background, and they get, you know. And there's definitely a bit of imposter syndrome as well. Like, in every element of my life, I feel imposter syndrome. It's a crazy thing. Like, my history page is a teacher, you know, because as a teacher, you're always thinking, like, these guys think I know everything. Because like, I, I used to think my teachers knew everything. I used to think they had all the answers. But, you know, they really don't. Like, just, <laughs> so there's a lot of imposter syndrome there. But we're very lucky at our school. Um, we have this incredible guy, Jesse O'Brien, who's our student, um, student and staff and whānau support worker. And he's like, he's like the, probably the kindest person I've ever met. He's like a local legend. He was a New Zealand idol. He was like in the amazing race. What? He's like the coolest person ever. He helps me with everything, you know what I mean? Like just... I've learned, I think, more from that man in the last three years than I've learned from anyone in my life. And his big thing is, like, you know, most lots of these children have advocates, so I've got to be their biggest advocate. We've got to put them first. And I appreciate that so much. And if I have any questions or 
any concerns. You know, like if I'm worried about a student, I can talk to him and he'll just, you know, talk to me, like sort of comfort me and like he's he's really good because he can sort out all of those bigger issues as well. Yeah. But he's also the world's nicest guy. Like he teaches mindfulness at our school. He goes into classes and teaches mindfulness, which is the most incredible thing. And so necessary. Oh, amazing. I need it more than the kids. <laughs> You're, you're absorbing it. And you said too, like imposter syndrome with the history page, I said our history page. What about it is the imposter syndrome? I guess for me, as I kind of touched on earlier, being having a name like Aotearoa History, people think I'm a historian. But I'm, I'm as far from a historian as you could be. Like my page isn't me. I'm not a historian. I'm trying to learn about the history. Mm. So there's this kind of feeling that everyone's looking at me like I should know everything. And, like, sometimes people will message me, like, oh, you should talk about this. And they're like, I have no... Most of the time, I've got no idea what it is. Like, so there's kind of this feeling that people should, like, I don't know, everyone feels they should know all the answers and know everything throughout our history. Uh, Yeah, as you learn more, there's just going to be more to uncover. History is Mm. quite literally, like, never-ending. And there's all these leads and things you could go down and different corridors you have, which lead to five more. And so Mm. you just staying on the path of wanting to learn is naturally going to make the possibilities where you could go greater. Is there somewhere, like, I know we touch upon some, like, kind of that core central story that really got you, like, oh, wow, there's so much I don't know about, and people definitely should go dive in more. But Mm. do you have, like, on the cards a particular event or moment in history that, you want to kind of touch upon and share next? To be fair, I'm not really too sure at the moment where I would like to go next. I'd love to do more of the history on the Taranaki. You've just been so sort of like tunnel vision on everything happening at the moment. Like I think was it last week or the week before, it was the 160th year or 165th year anniversary of Rangariri, so we went out there for that. So I just get sort of fixated, like I'll, I'll hear some like random fact or some information and be like, oh, I need to look into that. Honestly, love it. Like, I've got summer holidays coming up, which is epic because it means I can just do all these, like, trips around the country <laughs> learning. Like, me and Leighton went to uh, Te Porere a few weeks back, probably a couple months ago now, um, where Te Koti had, like, his, one of his last stands. It's a place we also went with Mr. Hansen, um, which is, like, our, probably, like, an hour and a half past Topol, just kind of mm-hmm. in the national park there. And... That was one of the most beautiful days of my life as well. I mean, later we know that the sun was shining, the snow on the mountains, and just... Because, like, he's probably as big a history nerd as me, which is so cool. So it was just... I love those sorts of opportunities, and I love being able to share them with people. Yeah. You know, like, we just kind of... You just sit there and you just, like, take it all in, and... I find, like... I always find it just baffling to think that there were, there were people, like, walking these, you know, these trenches or whatever 160 years ago. Like, it's, for me, it's such a hard thing for your mind to, like, work out. I think history is very interesting, but I wouldn't say, like, I'm a history fanatic, right? Mm. But part of history, I studied political science, is, like, you need to know history to hopefully do better, to not repeat yeah. the mistakes of history, which is why it's so important to share them and have corridors and all those things, because if we're not aware of what we did or didn't do, mm. then how are we supposed to improve on it? Uh, random, but it keeps positively distracting me can you please if you're comfortable describe yeah. like because this is a moku even though it's not, yeah people often think right like the face well i probably thought initially like a moku was a facial yeah. tattoo but it's actually any moldy tattoo right yeah yeah so this is my sleeve <laughs> you get for the cameras look at those yeah guys. that's good um, <laughs> yeah i got this done quite a well i got the first bit done 
years ago uh, down by my marae in Otaki, um, and I had my forearm done for a while, which kind of rattled mum a little bit because <laughs> um, I didn't tell her I was getting in and came back and most of my arm was done. And then I got the rest done a few years later. But yeah, so this tells my family history, my family story. Like it starts at the top in like sort of earlier history and works its way down to where I am now. Like it's got my my mum, my dad, my sister in it, my grandparents, my dog. Like it's got all of those sorts of things. Um, like it's got this little head here is like a carving my great grandfather did. Like it's from one of his pieces and all of these like different faces of different people of significance in my family. Hard to sort of describe it all, but <laughs> yeah. So this essentially just tells my whole family story, like from. My iwi Natero Tong. We started at uh, Mount Mungatotiri in Cambridge, mm-hmm. and I believe I could be wrong, so don't quote me on this. <laughs> I believe it was after the Battle of Hingakaka, which was at Lake Naroto, yeah, Lake Naroto near uh, Te Aumotu. Um There was a, one of the biggest battles ever happened there in New Zealand. Like it was, a, I think it was the last big battle before any like guns or anything. So I was just just like an intertribal thing, I think overfishing. So there's this massive battle. And I think after that, half of my iwi moved from Mungatotiri, we ran away down to Otaki and that's my branch. And I think some went to like Tauranga and stuff and some stayed on Mungatotiri. But yeah, so this, like, it's a big tangent, but so the, this like tells a story, like that migration down south and yeah, all the way from like those ancestors all the way to me now, and it's you know, like, it's meant to like, it ends, goes into the hand because that's like me doing stuff like now it's me doing the next part yeah, of yeah like it's yeah I'm the next part of the journey. And am I correct in thinking like you don't design that right? Like no. you tell your story and then the artist yeah creates it and goes like this is what's this is how it's mm. interpreted. Yeah, like it's it's such a powerful and incredible process. It was way different than I expected. I remember thinking, like, oh, I'll take him, like, these pictures, and, like, <laughs> I want one like this one. Like, and, but yeah, he was like, no, no, no. And so, like, they sit you down. We talked for hours about my family, about my history, about who I am as a person, my mum, my dad, my sister, all the way back. And then, you know, as, as we're talking, he just starts, like, doodling on me with, like, a vivid. Because literally just had a Sharpie and just, like, drawing this design. And he's just, like, just, you know, chatting away. And, yeah, so... No stencils, nothing, just... He did, like, a rough outline with a, a vivid or a whiteboard marker or something. So there's so many details, like, there's so many little lines, and, like, it's incredibly intricate, and it took, it took quite a long time, and it took a lot of effort. It was probably, like, 36 hours' worth of tattooing. On that, like, we touched earlier, and if you're uncomfortable, say it, it's fine, but, like, you say some people are like, oh, why is he talking about our history? Like, do you ever want to be like, yo, this is my history too? There's so many people in New Zealand who might not necessarily present as Māori in like the traditional mm. stereotype of what you expect. Do you ever feel like pushing back and being like, guys, this is also my whānau's history yeah. as well? Or do you just think it's all of New Zealand Aotearoa's history, so that shouldn't matter? <laughs> sounds weird, but like a real conscious thing I did early on well, for my post, was I'd make sure I was in a t-shirt so people could see that my yeah. my time walker. Because then they're like straight away, they're like, okay, well, he, maybe he's got something going on here. Like he's got a time walker. Like he's got a sleeve, which is so strange because I never should have felt like I needed to do that. But it's like I felt I needed to do. I don't know if I did need to do it. It was just like a mental thing for me. Yeah. Um, but in terms of pushing back, I'm not really a good pusher backer. <laughs> like I just, I don't know. I feel like that's the nature of most teachers. We're very sort of just. Well, I don't know if it's actually true, but for me, I'm very sort of laid back, and I, I don't like upsetting people, and I don't 
I don't like confrontation. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to argue with someone. Like, for me, it's just, well, I know I'm oldie. I'm true to myself, you know, and that's, that's all that matters. If I'm true to myself, I don't care what they think about me, which is good for the most part, but at times I still, I still need to get better at managing that because there's, there's also times where you're like, oh, you yeah. know, like, that sucks that we're tired on them, they don't like it. And it's just one voice, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just... Because you want to do it justice mm. when you hear those voices. I think if you completely disregarded them, then maybe you'd be leaning too much the other way because having some people push back on, oh, well, are you sure a questioning is good mm. because the idea of history is that it creates dialogue and people do it. Yeah, and like, me and two talked about this like heaps of just about, I guess, how there's more called like the becoming more and more socially accepted. Yeah. Like, even in our lifetime, like, I remember growing up just as a thing like, oh, they must be tough as if they've got one. But now more and more, especially with like his, his face more called like the, the things... Well, like when I was a kid, you just didn't really see that. Mm. Um, but then at the same time, like some, sometimes you feel really progressive. But I remember one of the first schools I worked at, I won't name them, but I had like this, I had my sleeve obviously, and I had to cover it for the first like probably four or five weeks until they ran it past the board to see if I could have my, my time walk out. And it's like times like, they're like, how backwards are we? Like, it's my history, it's a cultural thing. Like, this is the history of our country. So there's still definitely elements of that around. That would have been <clears throat> tough. To... It was ridiculous too because it was, it was summer as well. And like, I think for the first three days, I wore like a long sleeve and after like, uh, just wore a t-shirt. Like, you know, if, if it doesn't pass and they don't want to work here, I don't want to work for them. Like, mm -hmm. these, aren't, these aren't my people. If they can't accept who I am and my culture, why do I want to work for them anyway? And then you're probably torn too because those students are the ones that really probably need someone like yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. It's teaching them, but no. <laughs> Sign-off question, to go from the serious topics of educating the youth to New Zealand's Aotearoa's history, my sign-off question, Lockie, is if you had to have just one meal for the rest of your life, breakfast, lunch and dinner, what's it going to be? Jeez, it's impossible. <laughs> um, one meal. Oh, what did Leo say? What did he say? At first he said Japanese food, but then it like, didn't count. He's um, so well-spoken, that man. I love him. I know, I know. He's so charming. <laughs> Off topic. What? what? <laughs> Shout, Shout out, Leo. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that. <laughs> yeah. So I'll edit it and just send him that little <laughs> bye. It's hard because there's nothing that you'd enjoy after, like, a week anyway. No, this is the terrible... I'd say probably maybe, like, a classic, like, a... I mean, like, pita pit, like a Caesar salad pita pit kind of thing, or, like, a, or a chicken Caesar pita because you've got your veggies in there, you've got some protein... Yeah, I think I could do something like that. I mean, it's not like I'm going to enjoy it forever, but it's got a nice sort of balance. For a couple of days, you're in a good spot. For a couple of days, and then I'm going to be like, I'm going to be just huge and so unhappy. But I, mean, what, what, I don't know what else. I don't think there's anything that I just enjoy for the rest of my life. That's a good question. What was your, What's yours? I love porridge. It could be porridge. But actually, a good question following up on that, right? What would be if we're going like mouldy hungy food or right. food that's particularly like unique to the um to the mouldy culture what is like your favorite thing love a boil up okay 100 percent love a boil up but what's featuring give me details <sighs> oh <laughs> actually on camera Leighton jack you need to give back my boil up pot because you've had it for two years <laughs> now you stole it one sunday morning and it's never come back um <laughs> That's a direct, direct call out to you boys. Um, I'm going watercress. No, I'm not going any. Oh, no, actually, no, I'm not. I take that back. Maybe a bit of watercress. No, I'm going puha. Okay. Puha, a bit controversial. 
Got to have some doughboys in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going with potatoes. Um, and then just like probably just classic like pork bones, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not going to fiddle around with some sausages in here. I'm going pork bones. I, it's simple. I think a simple boil up is where it's at, you know? When you get your boil up yeah. back. If I ever get it back. <laughs> honestly, they, he asked to use it once and then that was it. It was just he claimed it. Like we lived across the road for probably three years, like 50 metres apart. And it was like every time I went to get it back, he'd, he'd just hide it. I, this is real. This is a. This is a really sort of. This is a sticking touching, point. Yeah, this is this is this is tough for me. <laughs> I don't, don't think this this podcast is going to just bring up my. <laughs> bring up your raw emotion. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. But that's a good question. Yeah. Do love it. Do love a good boiler. Seriously, major kudos to you for all the things you're doing. It's really epic, and to be able to have a quarter to four, an hour plus with you, when your time's very valuable, it's term four, you're wrapping things up. People can find you online, more to come. They can reach out to you, which is really great. I think you're super responsive to people. Mm. So just thanks for taking the time to talk with me on Tall Poppy Talk. Thanks for having me, and also, I love the work you're doing. It's so cool to see, you know, as I touched on earlier, this selling empire just take you on the world thank you so much for listening to tall poppy talk we'll see you next time feel free to check us out on socials youtube and the website thanks for today's guest and we'll see you all next time take care be kind